0: I sense much fear in you. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it, why can't you? Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. Hate leads to
1: suffering.
0: Hello and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. I have David J. Fowley from KeepingItReal.com, a member of the Chicago Film Critics Association. And did I fuck anything up? No, you're good. Okay, so far. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have to uh, bleep that because YouTube doesn't like it when you swear. <laughs> and you <can't>. But <laughs> anyways, uh, today is a very therapeutic day. Okay. Because uh, we're talking about the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I, feel, I feel old. <laughs> I mean... I do too yeah so um, it's it, it, it was definitely a strange experience for me but before I unload all of my psychological yes, baggage I'm here uh, for you yeah <laughs> what was your experience seeing the movie hmm. and then like maybe like you know like before when you were hearing about the film when the film came out when you saw it and then was there a moment where it had to sink in for you? where like maybe you realized it wasn't that good. What was your experience with it? <laughs> because like it's it's so it's it's a very strange experience. It's a very average movie.
1: Yeah. Uh I disagree. I think it's 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 not an average movie. I think um, hindsight gives us kind of a perspective that there's more to appreciate about the movie uh. than maybe we have thought Within the past 20 years. Mm. Um, now, I didn't feel that on opening day. I, right. I remember, I remember I had tickets, I had tickets at McClurg Court in the morning. Yeah. And I had tickets in the suburbs in the afternoon. Yeah. So I was already planning on seeing it twice uh, that day on opening day. Yeah. And I remember being in line across uh, around McClurg Court, and uh, they even. Uh, WGN even had me on uh, on the news. Uh, I think it was uh, Art Norman. Maybe uh, we inter- still, do you have me. a clip of that? I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. It could be somewhere. Um, uh, but they were they were going around asking people, "Why are you in line for Star Wars? What does it mean? What does Star Wars mean to?" You? And you have to understand, it's like for for somebody like me who grew up on you know in the 70s and 80s. Uh, you were there a, when the OG to, Star Wars to came have out. another Star Wars movie was yeah. huge. We didn't know what yeah. was in store for us. All I knew is that we're, you know, going to learn the story of Anakin Skywalker. There was going to be young Obi-Wan. Sure, I'm I'm, all, I'm all for it. Right. Um, and yes, you know, there was trailers leading up to it, but this is before the 24-7 internet coverage. Mm. Uh, it was mm-hmm. 1999. Yeah. Uh, I think leading up to it, like, uh, USA Today in the life section had, like, uh Phantom Menace snippets as much as possible almost every day. Uh, you know, whatever news came out, it was I was like picking up the USA Today and reading about it. So uh, people weren't, there, there weren't a whole lot of like spoiler stuff and everything going on. It was just, there was anticipation in the air. Uh, and then everybody saw the movie and there's a lot of things that I understand people have issues with. I even had issues with like, like when I, s- after I was off the high of watching it for the first time in the morning, yeah. later on as I was approaching the afternoon showing that I was already paid for, um, I was like, hmm. Because nobody saw it once,
0: yeah. yeah. It, well,
1: people, you know, continued to see it multiple times in the theaters, but it was like, there was like kind of diminishing returns initially. Mm. Um, there's, I understand the multiple problems people have with the movie. Um, I It's, you know, you have a general, there's the screenplay and then there's the dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> No, yeah. Um, yes, yes. You know, uh, major issues, yes. You know, but, and I know that, you know, I wasn't prepared for, for Jar Jar to be kind of annoying. Yeah, um, yeah. But then, you know, later on, I just, like, I looked about at it. the positive. We have Darth Maul, we have Jedi. We have more Jedi Knights than we ever had exposure to, we had a Jedi Council, we had, you know, um, we're, we're going back to basically opening up, expanding the Star Wars universe um, yeah. more yeah. so than we ever saw. We have cool designs, we have cool ships, we have, you know, so I was looking at all that um, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, the, the dialogue and everything, you know, so mm-hmm. it you know, initially, I was just pretty awestruck. Um, yeah. And then later on, I was like, oh, I got to watch this again and deal with Jar Jar and, mm. and those Pneumodiums. And, and, yeah. Um, but hey, you know, um, I, and we'll talk a little bit more in, in detail, but I, I have more appreciation for it now for
0: a variety mm. of reasons. Yeah. See, my experience was... Uh it was strange. I was a 13-year-old kid, <laughs> okay. So I grew up with it, and I remember I saw the original Star Wars movies, you know, uh-huh. on the VHS tapes in okay. their original form, the yes. non-special edition, right? Form, okay, so, Good. You know, at my grandparents' place. So I remember they, when they announced the movie, and they had that article from Variety.com come out about it. hmm And then I'm still curious. What's this movie gonna be? Right. So the first trailer finally comes out, and this was in the infancy of the internet. This yeah. is like 1999. Right. And I remember it took two hours to get that trailer to stream, and every right. single minute, like I would just get another little frame, another little frame, and I was just enticed completely because that trailer was phenomenal. Because right. the, the great thing about that trailer is we didn't Whatever movie everyone built up in their heads since it was rumored after 1983, Mm -hmm. since Return of the Jedi, what would Star Wars be? We kind of had this movie built in our heads. Right. You know, whether it looked like the uh, sort of new films that Disney's making, where it's a callback, or if it's something totally different. Mm -hmm. And I think that trailer shattered everyone's expectations. Yeah. Because we... Saw these completely unique worlds. You know, we saw Naboo that looked like Venice. You know, you saw uh, a little bit of Coruscant that looked like Mm -hmm. Metropolis. And back then, like, movies didn't have that much CGI in them. And this entire film was CGI. So back then it was stunning. And we're thinking, oh my God, like, people would pay tickets to see a movie just to see the trailer. Just to see the trailer and and then then leave. yeah, Yeah, and then walk out. Yeah. So. I remember I kind of came to terms with accepting I'm probably not going to see this film, and I remember watching a report on the local like uh, Fox 12 in Chicago, uh, uh-huh. where you know they're talking about George Lucas, are showing the merchandising and all that, and every news report had this very strange sort of vibe from the news reporters where they're like, I got to see the movie and you know it was okay, but the special <laughs> effects are really good. <laughs> And it's like, what, what is that? But I kind of blocked yeah. it out of my head. Yeah. You know. So my dad calls me one day when I'm at my like local recreation center for all the kids around the area. And he tells me he got me Star Wars tickets. Okay. And I was shocked. I'm like, I thought I wouldn't be able to see this movie for like a month. So I go in. I see the movie. It's surprisingly like empty in the theater that I went into. Had it already been out for a while? No, it was this was the Opening day. Weekend? This was the Opening Wednesday day. that it came out. And yeah. there was nobody in the theater? It was it was like 50-50 kind of, you know. It was okay. just somewhat filled up. I don't know if the theater wasn't doing well this a small or town was or what. A, yeah, I grew up in a suburb okay. in the Northwest right. and the theater I uh, went to, it's <laughs> gone now but it was called Rivertree Court. Okay. And we, uh, we saw the movie, and I remember it was kind of a silent screening, no one really reacted to anything, and I left, and I remember I saw that movie seven more times. In the theater? Yeah. Wow, okay. And uh, every time I would always ask people, what did you think of the movie? What did you think of the movie? Even when I'm not at the film, I would just randomly bring it up, right. and I didn't know why, but I always wanted people to tell me that they liked it, and then... Because you didn't? Yeah, because I couldn't come to terms that I didn't. I couldn't come to terms with myself that I didn't. So then I, I had this horrible, embarrassing moment. This is completely true. And I don't remember the name of the kid anymore. But I, we were watching the movie. This is probably my last viewing of seeing it. And I uh, said to him, like while the movie's starting, while Qui Gon and Obi Wan are in the trade federation ship, okay. You know, I said, What do you think of the movie? He's like, I don't know, it just started. <laughs> you were
1: talking to him during the movie,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have like separated myself, yeah. From <laughs> so then at the end of the movie, you know, I asked him, What do you think of it? He said he didn't like it, and I don't know why. I pushed him, and he pushed me back. <laughs> what? And we got into a fight. That's right. You were what, thirteen? Yeah. Okay, all right. So they separated. Yeah, I was thirteen years old. I wasn't a grown man doing this. Like, that would be really but bad. You still had the beard. <laughs> it was more like one of those prepubescent mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was just getting hair on my pubes. Um, oh boy. <laughs> and then, uh, so, so yeah, we got in this fight. And then, and then my friends were berating me like, "Why would you do this?" And I. <laughs> I didn't understand why, I just kind of put my head down. And then I realized, years later, that was the first time in my life that I realized, and this is maybe overly dramatic and insane, and this is like me sitting on the therapy couch, but. Right now? Yeah. (laughs) This is, it was me kind of coming to terms with that not everything in life is guaranteed to be uh, awesome or great. Mm -hmm. That it was sort of my introduction to the emotion of doubt. And I think a lot of people might have grown up with that emotion, where you realize, like, it's not only Star Wars, but anything. Like, a marriage could be disappointing, <laughs> uh, you know, a, uh, a car you bought could be disappointing, what have you. Sure, So a book, whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this movie could not live up to any expectations. Yeah. It, there's just no way. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lucas was just coming off of uh, re- oh well releasing not re-releasing but releasing the special editions yeah where and those he were still huge. fails
0: to release the original versions well yeah, yeah there's that
1: uh, but those were huge yeah in the theater yeah and, i and saw them in yeah, the theater too yeah so coming off of that and and that that he, during that time he always had or he had in mind to create these prequels and yeah i don't think he even realized uh, how there would be no way to live up to fan expectations or audience expectations. Yeah. Um, but w- really, what did we expect? Um, yeah. You know, I think that because we grew up on the original trilogy, um, I think we we forget that he originally had in mind for this storyline yeah. to be like a fairy tale. This yeah. isn't science fiction. This is space opera. Yes, it's space As fantasy, he stated it's space many opera, times. You know, yeah. and so I think we forget. You know, when 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 A New Hope came out, I was five years old, and back then movies would get re-released all yeah. the time. So almost every summer, A New Hope would come out up until 1980 when Empire Strikes Back came out. So yeah. it's like I, you know, you would you would have more people seeing it all the time and discovering it, and you know after the original trilogy came out there was this drought there was uh, expanded universe in books and comics and stuff role yeah. playing games whatever yeah. but there was this drought and so anticipation built there was always is there ever gonna be you know movies if anything people thought maybe you know episode 7, 8, 9 but now we get these prequels so there's just, you know there's expectations that Lucas could not possibly live up to yeah but what I appreciate now and in, in hindsight is that he's stuck to his vision yeah um, you know he's 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 not good necessarily at writing dialogue for people yeah but as far as world building yeah universe building you know uh he's great at that I mean he's it's design work and overall theme uh creating that kind of uh atmosphere i mean there's no one like him and then for him to basically you know basically he's the godfather of ilm you know and for him to utilize ilm and the designers that he used and the the costumes the production design that was like that was the introduction introduction of mocap yeah yeah i mean uh you look at creatures like watto you know this this, this flying like you know you know Basically, a duck creature, you know, um, you know, looks kind of like Gonzo from the Muppets. Um, you know, those introducing like you know Ahmed Best as Jar Jar, introducing these characters that they like, he couldn't do back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's well, there's a lot of ground breaking things about A yeah. Phantom Menace that people forget.
0: I think uh, you're absolutely right in terms <laughs> of world building, in terms of the sort of uh, sort of like he did create something different. He didn't just make the same movie. No. And that was something that was wonderful about these prequel films that I think were encompassed in the trailers, but then you see the movie and everything about making a movie was not in that film. Like not only the acting, not only the dialogue, but the structure, the pacing, the overall story. You know, there's no emotional investment in Anakin, you know. By the time we get to episode three, okay. we're not we're not heartbroken that he turned. We're just kind of sure. happy that we've reached that point where he finally kills people. Sure,
1: but yeah. we're talking about one movie right yeah, now. But about, yeah, but we're talking about, yeah,
0: but the Phantom Menace. Phantom yes. Menace.
1: So, um, I'm not going to nitpick yeah. a child actor.
0: Oh, no, I Jake, would never Jake, do that. Jake yeah.
1: Lloyd was... It's, was, it's horrible was, what happened to was, him. Was, it's horrible. Yeah. It happened, and I, I personally believe he was kind of miscast. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not gonna <laughs> lambaste
0: the poor kid. Yeah. Um. Uh, and George I, Lucas know. knew people wouldn't like it when he cast him because, like, I remember that Variety article. Yeah. And he said many times that, you know, people aren't gonna like that. Uh, this movie's about a little kid, but I don't care. You well, <sighs>
1: yeah. I, I compare like uh, the casting yeah. of something like E. T. Yeah. Where you have child actors who are really good. Yeah. You know exactly. And, I'm not going to criticize child acting that isn't that good because they're children, exactly. and I think that, that He's falls, nine years old. That falls. He's nine years uh, old. Yeah, you and know. that falls on the responsibility of the casting director and yeah. the, the, the director is like, you y- you found a kid who was okay, yeah. uh, not good or great, and if we're going to follow the Anakin Skywalker uh, story over three movies, yeah. And we're going to start off with him at such a young age. Yeah. he needs to be great. Yeah. Um, so that that was problematic. But the the thing is, I think there's some really good performances in *Phantom Menace*. And I think if we look at the the prequel trilogy uh, overall, yeah, there's there's two MVPs uh, for, for those three movies, and that's Ewan McGregor and yep. Ian McDermott. Yep. Um, throughout all three movies. Americans can't act.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding, it's a joke, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: are there Americans in, uh, I guess there are Americans in Phantom Menace, uh, but they they are the highlight of the, the trilogy, and yeah. I think that they are the, the highlight here, and um, I think, excuse me, I think McGregor as Obi-Wan was phenomenal. He's great.
0: He had so little to work with, but he made it work. Well, that's that's you know? the thing is,
1: um, I think he was convincing at embodying and, yeah. and a, a young uh, Alec Guinness, if you will. Uh-huh. Even getting the voice right, the cadence yeah. um, of the performance, and I think I liked the uh, I liked the dynamic between him and Neeson's Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, um, I like seeing them together. I like their uh, master and apprentice uh, yeah. dynamic think they were really good together um, yeah I agree overall the story of like trade federations and embargoes and, and yeah, all this stuff yeah. I didn't really care about any of that and I, I thought it really odd to get like you know policies and politics uh, as the foundation of you know kind of the, the, the story especially when it's called Phantom Menace and we only really <laughs> we only really see this
0: Menace kind of barely developing, so like maybe the movie? In like two scenes or something like that. You know? yeah, yeah, it's just, I, I, we know already who the Phantom Menace is ultimately. In the well, end, well, see, yeah.
1: that is one of the problems of doing a prequel trilogy or a prequel, yeah, you movie know, everything like you know, you know, how these characters end up. So, uh, so, so yeah. are they going to be in true peril? No, and it's the only characters who are in true peril are the ones that are introduced, yeah. in this movie. Uh, that are not in the other movies. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. Of course, you know both of those. Well, char- he's okay now. He's got <laughs> some robot legs. You know, <laughs> both he's, he's char- both of those characters. Although Qui-Gon <laughs> yeah. is dead, uh, both of those characters do wind up. No in the Clone Wars uh, <laughs> animated uh, yeah. series. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have uh, I still have a great appreciation for. Uh,
0: neeson's uh performance um and i I don't know like he did what he could with it i mean he was just kind of he sounded bored but then again his dialogue was just kind of that well you know (laughs) it's i'm sure it was hard
1: to work alongside a lot of cgi
0: yeah Um, a lot of a lot of blank
1: green screen backgrounds Um, but I, i really liked how a lot of his performance was internal you know he had to weigh out uh, the situation, you know, um, even some of his lines like, you know, feel, don't think. Um, a yeah. lot of, a lot of it was internal, like the mm-hmm. way he dealt with, uh, he patiently dealt with uh, uh, Obi Wan, uh, yeah. even when Obi Wan was questioning his actions. You yeah, know? No, no. Um, and he was the only one who believed in Anakin as, as this chosen one, yeah. and he could have been wrong you know and and but he had this gut instinct and he was i like the way that they portrayed him as this kind of like a, yeah a bit of a rebel of a jedi knight um, where he kind of went against the wishes of the jedi council yeah, you, you get the idea that he's done that in the past. Yeah, and bringing this young child to the Jedi Council is just kind of like a no-no. But he still had this gut instinct. It would have this- been
0: interesting if they developed that a little more. Sure, you know, sure, because because we just kind of get that he wants to train Anakin because he sees potential in him as this chosen one. But then. We don't see why, as a person, he's going out of his way to do this. Right.
1: There's you know? this There's this legend of a uh, chosen one will bring balance to the four. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Quaggon totally believes that this is the kid. If that was more developed than Tatooine, that would be great. If it, if it was more than just the midi- midichlorian count, if it was more than just yeah. like this virgin birth, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, again, th- it goes to... I think, you know, Lucas is more concerned with the overall,
0: yeah, uh, the overall story, yeah. and not the particulars and details of the story. Yeah, it's it's as Ed Wood said, you know, it's not about the little details; it's about the big picture. And <laughs> the big picture in this case is really good to look at. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, and you know, in the big in the big picture, I will say it's visionary. Still, yeah. it's like uh, I think one thing that's missing from the sequel trilogy, especially with Ryan Johnson still, where they say, oh, it's different, it's like, no, he just changed some things, but he echoed the same themes. You know, uh, these movies felt different. That's why we were so blown away when we saw that initial footage of it. Right. I feel kind of missing in these, new because because lucas has adamantly said i didn't want to make the same movie
1: and he didn't yeah um i you know when i was at uh recently at the star wars celebration here in chicago yeah there was a um the last day on monday they had a whole um panel presentation of the 20th anniversary yeah and they brought out you know for the actors anthony daniels ahmed best yes. uh, ian mcdermott and uh ray park uh warwick davis was hosting the event um but before that they brought up four of the designers as well yeah. to talk about the look of the film. But before even that, you know, the, the whole kind of like arena went black and then they showed the original trilogy. And I am not I'm sorry. They the showed people. the original trailer oh, the original. of Phantom Menace. They showed oh the original my God. trailer. Wow. So it was so cool to see on a big screen in an arena of fans the original trailer. For *Phantom Menace*, and it and it made you, you know, talking about the trailer, how it it doesn't really give much away because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. But looking at it, this whole
0: world, though. Looking at it in
1: hindsight, I was taken back to like when I first saw it, and it's still a very good trailer. You have the *Duel of the Fates* theme from uh, John Williams, and you don't know how it's all gonna play out. Mm -hmm. You see this red face tattooed horned uh being you don't know what that's all about you just yeah. know
0: that he has a red lightsaber you hear, so he's gotta you hear be bad. uh that when they're talking about anakin you know uh he's his prophecy you hear and then leota saying uh, that you know this you know uh, fear leads to the dark side right. fear leads to anger yep. anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering, suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 and, and you know you're, you're going what yeah, it's it's really wow. it's really interesting. This is it's, happening! It's, like, oh my god, this movie's gonna happen! Yeah, it, it brings good, you back to that time. Right, it's a it's good, good looking trailer.
1: It, it pulls you in. Yeah. It opens up in that foggy, like Gungan, you know. Yes, on, yes, 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 yes. And yeah. uh, so it was cool to be a part of that again. And it, yeah, you know, it. I know that the movie has gotten, you know, just basically, you know, poo pooed on. Yeah, it's been it's you know, been through the mill. Yeah, know. yeah, and uh, you can make fun of Jar Jar all you want. And uh, yeah. I know even <laughs> even when that movie came out, um, Lucas Lucas had said that Jar Jar was one of his favorite characters, and he yeah. he said that again
0: in a video message on that. I wonder uh, if he's just that saying page. that as like a fuck you to everyone. Maybe like, I don't know, but
1: uh, you know. He said when *Phantom Menace* came out that this this movie is basically for kids. I mean, look at the Padres. You
0: have the you a have movie the, yeah, for the, kids the, with trade
1: embargoes. Well, and, you know, <laughs> well, no, no, no. well, <laughs> You, you know. know, kids gloss over that. As soon as Jar Jar comes into the picture, they're like, "Oh, me see this, me yeah, see that." T- you t- t- a, you t- know, t- and it's it's fun. Like I showed *Phantom Menace* for the first time to my twelve-year-old daughter yeah. recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, she's. <laughs> She's kind of into Star Wars, but I'm like, yeah. look, just sit down and watch Phantom Menace. Let me yes. let me see what you think. We watched it the whole way through. I was kind of looking at her here and there to see what her reaction is. At the end, I'm like, so who's your favorite character? She's a Jar Jar Binks. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, look, yeah. it goes
0: back to what Lucas was saying. I like never this, minded Jar Jar as a kid, actually. You know. You know, yeah. it
1: goes back to what Lucas
0: is saying: is these movies are for kids. Yeah. And uh, I don't necessarily i don't know if i entirely agree with that sentiment because episode three features a man being burned alive again we're talking about yeah. episode one okay yeah so, so know, that movie that is movie yeah, yeah. And, and i understand that because yeah. it's
1: mainly focused on a young boy yeah and um here's this kid who's who's talented yeah resourceful he he makes his own podcast and we get the whole yippee it's working yeah, you know yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like look this is freaking. look at the pod race look at the the comedy with the the two headed announcer yeah. and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's
0: it's. You would think that after, what was it, fifteen years? Like he wouldn't want to make a movie for kids, but, and I think that's where the disappointment sank in for a lot of fans, because they were just like, I grew up with this. Now you're treating it like it's some kind of joke. Yeah, I mean, and I th- now that sort of sentiments being echoed with the last Jedi and. Um, It it has that factor, but it's funny when you mention Star Wars convention, yeah, because it feels a little bit like a healing process now. Well, it it did because I.
1: I I was excited as a Star Wars fan to attend. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't going to pass it up because it's in Chicago for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Celebration's been around for like 20 years. Yeah. This is the first time in Chicago, so I, I
0: couldn't pass I it up. didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that was just manufactured by
1: Disney. Well, the first okay. one was in Denver, Colorado, on a, in a rainy, like, airport hangar. And it, that was in anticipation. It was in 99, in anticipation Four. of yeah. Phantom Menace. It hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, so. I wasn't gonna pass it up, and but the thing is, with with these new movies, there's been a lot of vitriol online. Yeah. You know um, how, and even before that, there's been this like you know there's that uh, documentary. uh, The The people People versus versus George George Lucas. Lucas. There's been a lot of animosity towards Lucas, and I think it's wrongheaded. I think I don't don't think it's right.
0: There is a whole video I did about have fans been too hard on George Lucas, and I'm certainly one of them. I wrote. A screenplay right before the disney buyout of star wars where it was like misery where this woman captures george lucas and forces him to remake the prequels wow was that yeah. catharsis for you yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of like this yeah. um yeah
1: i i mean i i understand and there was even a period where i was a little bit like mad at george lucas you know but it you know i got over that pretty quickly because i'm like you know what this is a guy who's following his vision. He was an yeah. independent filmmaker who happened to create this huge blockbuster. Um, nobody knew that while making A New Hope, Yeah. you know? And, you know, uh, how could we be mad about how all of this, you know, turned out? Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, again, he's not in control of our expectations. He's not in control of our reactions to the movies that he's making. Yeah. He's staying true to his vision you know, whether we like his vision or not. And if you look at Phantom Menace in and of itself, and the, uh, if we look at Phantom Menace out of all the prequel movies, Yeah. Um, I see more problems with the other, with, with especially Attack of the Clones, than I do
0: oh, yeah. Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. And... Uh, Attack of the Clones is almost unwatchable, it's just boring. Uh,
1: yeah. I recently watched like the first 20 minutes of it and I think it's it's beautiful to look at like yeah. some of the some of the scenes and Coruscant and everything but uh, ultimately there's some really bad dialogue there's some bad development as far as character development. Um, oh, just right off the bat with the assassination.
0: damn. Yeah. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's and Hayden Christensen
0: it's, and it's another bad mis- he, miscast. He was so bad at acting, like, they had to, because I was playing the uh, Revenge of the Sith, the video game, <laughs> and it's actually really good. I'm, I'm, like, yeah. the lightsaber fighting in it is... Mm-hmm. Mm. But, <laughs> uh, the But, like, they had to, like, match how bored he sounded in the voice acting in the game, so it's like... You shouldn't do that, master. Look at this scrap metal. Yeah.
1: And I, Poor guy. it makes me appreciate the work that yeah.
0: uh, the voice actors did in the
1: Clone Wars uh, series, because yeah. they were at least the, you know, I, th- I think it's Matt Lanter who played uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker. He did a better job, I think, than Hayden That's Christensen. Um, you know, Hayden Christensen wound up making some other good movies, like uh, Shattered Glass. And that was great. Life is a yeah. House. There's some other good movies. In and around the the, the, the uh, prequels, but yeah. man, when it came back to you know, be, I don't know whether it was being directed by uh, Lucas or or yeah. reciting that dialogue, you appreciate a lot more McGregor's work. In oh yeah. Than the Christians in. Well, uh, you
0: you yeah. actually feel heartbroken for him in Episode Three when he's saying you're the chosen one because we actually care about Obi Wan yeah. because of McGregor's yeah. performance. Yeah. Everybody else, you're just kind of like. All right, but uh, on the but but it's funny when we're mentioning Star Wars convention and how it's therapeutic. It's weird because first Star Wars convention, uh, via you know when Force Awakens was mm-hmm. being announced and everything, you know that was kind of like they took everything that was prequel related and put it to the side. Yeah. You know, like if you remember that one behind the scenes video, they start out with Mark Hamill saying, "Real sets, practical right. effects." Yeah. It's like, you get the hidden connotation there, you know? Sure, <laughs> and then sure. the next year, they bring out George Lucas and Hayden Christensen, mm-hmm. and they get an applause. Mm-hmm. And now this year, they bring back Ahmed Best with a trailer of The Phantom Menace and a big picture of Jar Jar Binks. In a way, it's, you know, I think as time moves on, time heals. Well, And yeah. It's, it's, it's sort of... Disney obviously systematically planned this out. Where I think now that the prequels are considered nostalgia, there's a lot of people who like those films. Sure, like Lucas said, they
1: would. At the same time, I have a hard time believing that in three years, when the 20th anniversary of Attack the Clones come out, that we're going to have the same response that yeah. this recent, uh, you know, basically this recent celebration of. Yeah. The Phantom Menace 20th anniversary uh, has. I mean, yeah, I, I think. Because Phantom Menace was the
0: first of the prequels, yeah, and then and I you think get there's, the middle child. Yeah, which and is, I think there's more of an
1: appreciation, despite the derision over the years of yeah. uh, Phantom Menace, than there is Attack the Clones. Um, yeah. I think it's funny, I, I, I look at the uh, original trilogy as like. An upside-down V with you know the Empire Strikes Back being the best movie yeah. and I look at this one as an, an actual V where Attack yeah. of the Clones is probably at the the, the bottom uh, yeah. with, with Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith being the, the, the better movies mm. uh, obviously Revenge of the Sith is, is probably the better prequel movie yeah. uh, out of the three but uh, there's a there's definitely a fondness, like you said, a nostalgia yeah. for *Phantom Menace* and appreciation. And I think one of the reasons why Ahmed Best got a standing ovation when he came out well, of stage—he went through so much shit. Well, yeah, and especially poor guy. And I think fans, hopefully, they got over themselves and yeah. you know looked in the mirror a little bit and realized that you know what? Why should we be why should be making fun of uh, or giving the actor a hard time? Yeah, um, it wasn't just, he didn't write it.
0: Just because he's. You know. he's Portraying this he just did a job and he did a yeah. good job like you he can't help it. That's all George wrote him
1: Yeah, I mean that's you can't be mad at the actor for that. Right? Yeah, and, and I think that if you look at the performance the uh, motion capture per, motion capture or whatever however you want to view it. Um, yeah It's it a good pre- performance. Andy circus, and know? it's a good performance. You know, I mean he, he did a good job um, And so I, yeah. you know, I don't know
0: I yeah. want to see his one man show, like, real bad. Cool. I've been watching his yeah. vlogs. Yeah. It's fascinating, just the stuff he says, just yeah. like how much baggage he's unloading. Because I'm in a misery porn. And, and <laughs> no. <laughs> and it was, but it was fascinating to hear because you're like, you know, why did people attack this guy? And it, there, there's, I think, a certain cadence. Again, expectations. Yeah. You know, there's, um, there's a cadence that comes to being a Star Wars fan, you know, and it has to do with. Having things from your childhood being lived up to and then kind of destroyed, and they sure yeah. and they they overdramatize it, and I've overdramatized yeah. it. And, and now, I guess, having said that, wh- wh- how do you think Disney's handled the new films? When
1: Disney bought over, uh, you know, Lucasfilm, and when yeah. George signed off everything to Kathleen Kennedy and yeah. essentially Disney, I had no problem with it. I think it's like if you're gonna do that, then that, that's. If 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 there's gonna be future Star Wars movies and, and Lucas is done with it, yeah. then I think Disney's a good place to do it, you know. And yep. I've had no problems with uh, Alright, well as far as continuing the Skywalker saga, yeah. I've had no problems with Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Yeah. Um where I have a problem with is how they're trying to expand. They made two attempts with, you know, Rogue One and Solo. Yeah. Um I feel like with the first one, Rogue One, I don't think that they separated themselves enough from the Skywalker saga. You yeah, know, um, that movie should have ended when that whole mission was accomplished and everything exploded. Yeah, but they had to tag on that what everybody thinks is a cool Darth Vader scene, um, yeah. which basically synced it up right right to minutes before a New Hope. So then we have Episode Three Point Five, uh, which no. w- yeah. was not supposed to be what these. Spinoff off or offshoot movies were supposed to be they were supposed yeah. to expand the Star Wars universe yeah solo was doing that a little bit but that's still you're you're focusing on a familiar character like yeah. you know how he ends up um so they still to me haven't given us a kind of one off yeah. Star Wars story outside the Skywalker saga yeah and they may be doing that with uh, an old republic trilogy with now that like, I would love a, to see from the game of thrones guys and If they're they're still letting Ryan Johnson do a trilogy,
0: uh, his own
1: trilogy. I don't know if they will
0: or not. I don't don't know. know, Especially with the vibes I got from that episode 9 trailer, it mm -hmm. felt like they were kind of retconning it in a way. Maybe.
1: Maybe they are. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see. Uh, I know Ryan Johnson's really happy with the episode 9 trailer. and... and Well, he's not going to say
0: anything bad. yeah, 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 well.
1: You know, I mean, he did what he did. His ver- version of uh, he did his vision of, yeah. of, of continuing the Star- the Skywalker saga. My o- my only real problems with uh, Last Jedi was the kind of in the third act that whole bit on Canto Bite, the casino planet. Thing. Oh yeah, the, I, I thought that, that was just way too long. The side quest. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like, come on, time is a factor here uh but I, I had no problem i think it's one of mark mark hamill's uh best performances he was great he's fantastic great, um so yeah. you know I, I kind of agree with mark hamill yes it would have been great for all three of the actors to
0: have a scene together to be together but yeah know, it, yeah you know it, it didn't pan out yeah it's um when i think of how disney handled the New trilogy. Uh-huh. I wish they gave Michael Arndt, the original screenwriter, who wrote Little Miss Sunshine mm. and Toy Story 3, the time to really develop that episode of seven screenplay. Force Awakens? Yeah. yeah. But the problem is, is that, you know, they. Disney they wants their money. They yeah. gotta please their shareholders. So yeah. they said get it out quick. Yeah. And I have two different opinions. This is another video that I detailed about it, which is. Episode seven, as a soft reboot, which it needed, yeah, you know, was great. It mm-hmm. reminded us why we love Star Wars. Yeah, it got a good performance out of Harrison yeah. Ford. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, but then, as a sequel that we've envisioned since, ni- you know, like you said, anticipation since 1983. Yeah. You know, we get kind of this lazy film that just is a soft reboot. Mm. And you know what? I'm perfectly okay with with Force Awakens did and I was excited to see where Last Jedi would build upon the foundation. Mm-hmm. I just felt that I didn't have much of an emotional connection to the first order or to the resistance, no, because, yeah. it, because it's, it's something yeah. we've seen before with the the Imperials and the yeah. rebels.
1: It's just now first order and resistance. Yeah, I didn't care too much about that because you knew that there was going to be some similarities to yeah, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of like a, a similar skeleton to those yeah. other other movies. What resonated with me the most was about Force Awakens was the portrayal of solo and and Leia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we always wanted to see where Luke,
0: Han and Leia and Chewie yeah where,
1: where they were going to wind what up what happened
0: in their lives yeah, you know after, after, Jedi, after they, they after we turned got the, Jedi. Rid of the expanded universe and they had to because you know right i i i know that's a controversial opinion but they had to get rid of the expanded universe because you know how much Material well, you have so to much shift material. through to yeah, and, you, to write and then these? Yeah. if you do
1: make the uh, movies out of the expanded universe, then people are just going to say, "Oh, you're just making adaptations of these books." So you got to make it a little bit different.
0: Or they nitpick like everything they missed, yeah. or you know.
1: But I think what resonated the most with me with yeah. those characters, and I liked all the new characters, but with those characters, yeah, I like the fact that here we're seeing these, what we what we deemed to be heroes from our mm-hmm. our youth. Yeah, there's some nostalgia now. What we deemed As heroes I guess what I see them as now is almost like a kind of like a portrayal of you look at your own life now and you realize and you realize that you know like sometimes life doesn't pan out the way you had hoped it would be
0: absolutely and that's
1: what I saw in in Han and Leia and I thought that was a really it it wasn't heavy-handed at all there was some subtleties that I really appreciated it's like you know what we can be heroes for a little bit in our lives, yeah. and, but sometimes
0: time things, moves things, on. Things
1: just don't pan out the way you would hope. You know? and, and their their child their child is now an an, an adult, and he's kind of a mess. And yeah. they, they only had so much. There was only so much that they could do. And uh, I really like the way that those characters were were written. Um, yeah, that you know what they they still had to come back together and, and try yeah. and do what they could. Yeah, and I like that these new characters like Ray and 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 Finn and Poe were able to kind of help these older characters like yeah. actually do something. You know, yeah. there's there's still something we could do. You yeah. know, and so I, I, you know, I really appreciate it. It was unexpected to, for me to see where those characters yeah. landed, and, and it resonated with me. And when I look at my own life
0: and how you know sometimes things yeah. just don't they pan don't out work the out? way you want them yeah. to be. Oh. I think that's a wonderful point. and You know, I never quite thought of that actually, where um, the, the the arc between Han and Leia, you know, you expect them to be happy forever yeah. and
1: they're not kids like the expanded universe, you know? but
0: no, you know, and, they, and and where do we find
1: Han? Him and Chewie are they're they, doing they, the same they, they shit went back, that they did. Yeah, they went back to yeah. smoking, They went back to what they knew and yeah. and a lot of that is due to grief. Yeah, you know, because of the way their son, his son, turned
0: out, and yeah. what did
1: Leia do? Went back to doing like she went back She was to, she's good formed
0: at. a maybe she formed a resistance because the system failed her son in a way. Yeah. We don't know. We can build those blocks together. And,
1: and everybody made a big deal about Luke basically like regressing and kind of licking his wounds on his own. Mm. But I, I think people forget that this is how a lot of people deal with grief. Yeah, you know, and the grief is that you know, I, I messed up. I messed. up. I failed my nephew, yeah. you know, and I just I really appreciate it how uh, the writers are depicting these characters yeah. that we cherished, you know, and
0: and given us this kind of like almost realistic, you know, updated you point look. Out of it. Yeah. in a way, it's sort of meta. It's like the fans, like, hey, not everything, not these movies aren't going to live up to exactly what you want, yeah, and you have to accept them for the way they are. Yeah, and um, that's
1: you know going back to Phantom Menace, we can't. Yeah you know, our expectations are, are not going to be met, you know, I mean. Yeah. I, you know, watching it again, like I said, uh, I have an appreciation for the way the movie looks. I have appreciation for certain yeah. performances, um, but I'm not going to nitpick and criticize this movie just because uh, it didn't maybe meet what I wanted it to be. It, it
0: wasn't the movie you put in your head. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know that that's the thing when I go to Force Awakens, I was perfectly happy with it. Last Jedi, the thing was, it (laughs) didn't create the emotional arc I wanted, and that's because that was the movie I put in my head. I want to know who the First Order was and the Resistance because even with the very first Star Wars, when they didn't explain who these guys were, you understood in frame one, like okay, some shit went down, yeah, and here's these bad guys and these rebels. But now you're like, why are these these rebels when they won? Yeah. You know. And then, like, these movies kind of undermined everything because, like, in Force Awakens, they already destroyed a planet-sized Death Star. And then the second film, they killed their emperor, you know? Which I,
1: I yeah. mean, those are some of the Which things that was that fine. I like I was about fine with him dying, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they weren't doing anything with that character anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, he
0: was just kind of written in there, yeah. and then Brian Johnson's, like... Well, he subverted our expectations, uh, you know. Which but was, which was, yeah, he subverted our expectations,
1: yeah, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have problems with some of the humor in Last Jedi. That's the problem um, I had with it, though. I, I, I had
0: no problem with it because it, you're that was a twenty-year build-up to Luke Skywalker, and then he throws away the lightsaber. Well, there's that
1: humor, but there's also the humor that you know Poe Dameron has with you know when when you know even in the beginning when he's like kind of like pretending that he's not he can't hear.
0: Uh, Oh, the Your Mama joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, you yeah. can't put in a Your Mama joke. Uh, That's going a little too again, far. Again, you know... I get that, you know, Ryan Johnson's saying, hey, we gotta... Doing some, he's doing something different, which I'm not gonna, you know, discredit that. But there's different... isn't always necessarily good, in my opinion. And I think that the, the the Last Jedi, it had a problem with pacing, you know, with the film particularly. I wanted to focus more on Rey and, and, mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren. And I was okay with... Luke Skywalker being a recluse, mm-hmm. because characters do change, and things do change. Yeah, uh, not, I mean Obi-Wan was a recluse. Yeah, it's just that exactly, and the thing is though, is that um, they, the movie, everyone starts in a certain position in that film and they end in that same position, and you don't really get the impact that they've been battered by the I don't First know. I Order. Mean, I, I disagree with that, I mean you look
1: at how where Rey is when Last Jedi starts, and where she ends up at the end of Last
0: Jedi. I mean, there's some. There's She's some still grunt. defending the, uh, you know, resistance though, and like maybe Luke wasn't what she thought he would be, mm-hmm. but he still ended up doing something heroic for her. But she, yeah. I mean, she comes to into her own as as far as
1: her powers yeah. and everything.
0: Yeah, well, she was already overpowered, but. But she didn't know that. She yeah. didn't know how
1: to wield it, and she didn't know. She didn't really accept That's true. where she was yeah. at yeah. Um, or That's realize
0: true. what she had. I just didn't um, feel any of the emotional stakes in it. I felt like it was an episode from a Netflix series, <laughs> you know, because the whole plot was just about one ship chasing another. And I kind of wanted it to fit this overall arc. Yeah, I get that. And it's like uh, the problem I have with the sequel trilogy is it feels like it's not really part of the Star Wars. Well... Uh, anthology it just feels like they were made to to make money which well, they were one and the it's obvious
1: on screen going yeah. back to your question about how do i feel yeah. that disney has handled it the, i guess the one thing that yeah. i one problem i have with how disney has handled these these yeah. sequel trilogies is the fact that they didn't map out these episodes yeah, they and, didn't at all. And it, they're basically they taking, didn't give Michael Arndt the time. They're da- they're based, they're basically taking movie after movie and coming up with, uh, you know, basically they don't, they don't have everything written
0: out. They feel it feels advance. like they're putting out their own fires, you know, yeah. because like after the Force Awakens, everyone's saying, oh, it's the same bullshit. So then Ryan Johnson comes in, they're like. Write whatever you want, yeah. put it in. And now we're expecting J.J. J. Abrams to, to... come and you know, fix it. Like, yeah. oh, no, no, Skywalker's yeah. in the title. The Emperor's laughing. Come on, yeah. guys. like. Yeah, I,
1: yeah. you know, I'm on board. You never know. Uh, it looks, uh, Rise of Skywalker looks pretty epic and it'll be very interesting to see yeah. how they close out, supposedly, this saga. The only thing yeah, it's is... close out. <laughs> the, the only thing is, you know, Abrams is known for leaving, you know, you look at the, the TV show Lost. Yeah, you, you, A- Abrams is known for just kind of like leaving things, you know, undealt with and open,
0: so who who knows. And people Um, want to see this movie as sort of a resolution. Maybe,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And then, (laughs) that's not going to happen. But uh, having said that, I think over time, you know, fans have accepted the prequels, you know. I don't think there's as much embitterment, you know. I mean, we've had entire YouTube channels like Red Letter Media get created, which I actually love their channel. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they did a 90-minute... Overly nitpicky, admittedly, in-depth review of each of these films. Right, right. But there's, you there's, know?
1: to me, there's still a lot to appreciate through, uh, for all of the prequel films that when you look at them as a whole.
0: In a broader sense, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, just they're they're still very like um, yeah. absorbing to me. too. Yeah. and I, I could get I could get lost in I would say you know like eighty percent of yeah. all three movies. Uh, but yeah, if you look at each movie. There are some definite eye-rolling moments. Yeah. Um, much of it is the dialogue. And uh, some of the story is pretty basic. I do What I do like about Attack of the Clones, it, it, it does yeah. give uh, McGregor's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi a, kind of like this uh, detective story yeah. uh, to, to go off and figure out things yeah. you know, about what's what's happening with you know. This. It just wasn't very interesting though. Eh, uh, it was <laughs> still cool to see like almost him on like his a, own though doing yeah, his own thing. Yeah, it was cool thing. to see yeah. him on his own and figuring things out and yeah. following these this trail of clues and yeah. eventually you know Duku. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah Count it, Dracula. It, a yeah. lot of the, the, the stuff on Geonosis, you know, with especially the monsters, felt very Ray Harryhausen, yeah. uh, you know, which is fine. You know, I mean, I, I get it. You know, you're paying homage to what, what inspired you in the first place. Yeah.
0: Um, so do you think fans create, like, want to create too much of the property as the way they see it? Because I was yeah. talking to Star Wars fans who are not open-minded at all about stuff you know like i and when i did the c2e2 video and i'm talking to the star wars fans you know i said well who do you want to direct the new star wars movie you know if you could choose and they're like george lucas I would just have a different writer and i'm like really after all the shit you've given him for like 15 years like it's like i mean if if i had my choice it would either be like Catherine Bigelow or Ryan Coogler or you know but
1: well that's one of the reasons i mean first of all there's no way Catherine Bigelow would be interesting but first of yeah. all there's no way that Lucas would go back and direct it let alone have somebody else every called disney white slavers <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know with the prequels, he he basically did everything. He did the screenplay. Yeah. He, did a, a, he He was directing all three of them, which did not happen with the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, he was involved in the overall. You know,
0: and they're trying to recreate story. that with the new ones, like yeah. different director, different screenplay.
1: Yeah. Each time. You know, it was good to see Lawrence Kasdan. You know, uh, co-write. You know, a uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't. It's it's interesting to say like who would you want to direct it? It's like I know a lot of directors who said no, I'm not going to do Star Wars. And it Ron both, and Howard, mainly, with, uh, even well, the
0: prequels, like he offered it to Spielberg and Howard, they both said no. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there's there's too much writing on. There's too much pressure. Yeah. You know, and it's too much to live up to. Yeah. And and how do you? That's why I'm really surprised that they even gave it to Ryan Johnson. Is because um, I'm glad they did, but yeah. I was really surprised that they gave it to him because. Here's this kind of unknown a uh, writer director. Yeah. Um, but then again, so is Lucas at yeah. one
0: point. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like you bless yourself, but you also curse yourself when you do a Star Wars film because yeah. people always remember it, you. It, it takes some balls to do it, you know? It does, yeah. I mean JJ's doing it twice. He's like, you know what, I took the heat for Force Awakens and you I'll know. take the heat for this. But so. JJ
1: is like yeah. you look at his movies before that, like you know, Super 8 or even yeah. the Star Trek movies, um, he's good at uh, kind of taking uh, the the atmosphere and feeling of what's kind of familiar. Yeah. Like like when he did those Star Trek movies, uh, a lot of people liked it just because it's oh you're you're making you're revitalizing the. Uh, the He's Star a retro Trek. guy, you know. Yeah. He, he
0: did that with Mission Impossible. Yeah. And he did that with Star Trek, and then he did that with Star well, Wars. Even Super Eight was basically a Spielberg film. Yes, yeah, so it was. But Abrams. Yeah, well, was, yeah. you know, and Spielberg
1: produced it, but you know, yeah. Abrams. You know, directed it in the kind of the vein of a Spielberg movie, and yeah. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think Abrams is really good at what he does. Yeah. Um. So, I think, you know, I anticipate Rise of Skywalker to be overall satisfactory. Yeah. You know, but not satisfactory, but satisfying. Yeah. You know. Though um, you'll
0: get the angry Star Wars fans. Of course, know. there's but always going to be. You that. can't you can't please them no matter yeah. what, yeah. and it's and I think it's not because they're, you know trolls or anything like that. It's just because they went through what I went through with the prequels where it's like they anticipated something for so long mm-hmm. and then they were let down and it was probably the I mean The Phantom Menace was the most anticipated movie of all time. Yeah. And nothing will ever be more anticipated than it. No. And and it's kind of like you repeat the same process again with the new sequel trilogy so I think there's, you have there's, to take it with the greatest salt. Right when but I think them.
1: now there's more of a kind of like a Star Wars fatigue setting in where people just a lot of people just don't care anymore. Exactly, um,
0: and, uh, and that's I, why they're taking the hiatus. Yeah, yeah. As
1: a Star Wars fan, I I remain hopeful. Yeah. Um, that you know we're gonna get uh, a nice ending to the whole Skywalker saga, but I'm glad they recently announced that there would be a hiatus after this movie. Yeah. They do need to rethink some things. Of yeah. course, we'll have the first live action Star Wars TV series on Disney Plus this fall with Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, I did see some footage from that at Star Wars Celebration, and
0: that looks really good. I saw bootleg um, footage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm,
1: yeah, I'm sure. People were watching it, uh, bootleg footage on their phones. Like how many phones were up there? when you? <laughs> no, they, actually while we were there, they had everybody turn off their phones. Oh, they conv- yeah, did they had them put even, them like in a bin or something? No, no, even Favre, there was like heavy security for that panel presentation. Yeah. Even Favre was saying, uh, this, what we're about to show, uh, cannot leave this room. They're secured all over the place, so. I'm gonna give you a moment to turn off all your phones and yeah. security. You know, they I wonder who the guy by.
0: was who was filming it. Did they find him and beat the shit out of him? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's no way of, in yeah.
1: in that venue. You know, yeah. the, it was an arena. You know, there's no way of yeah. Know, was that the main everybody. floor? Or was that like in? That was uh, at Wintrust Are- Arena, which oh, is right next okay. to McCormick Place. So oh. That's where that's where the celebration stage was, where most yeah. of the big panels were. So, you know, there is no way of getting around that. But I think, um, yeah. you know. Who knows? You know, there's gonna be fans who are gonna nitpick *The Mandalorian*. You know, that's just yeah. it's
0: the nature of the beast. It's yeah, but I think that's everything I have on my mind with *Force Awakens*. And or it, you mean *Phantom Menace*? The fuck it! <laughs> and then with the, with the <laughs> yeah, with the *Phantom Menace*. Right. And the first person who comments on this will get a copy of *Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace*. Wow. On the Sony PlayStation. Wow. Yeah. Does that game go throughout? To go through the whole movie, or look at so clean, too. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Uh, uh, so does it go through the whole story, or what? Yeah, kind of That's like you play, like, uh, do you play Jar Jar? Uh, you don't play Jar Jar, but what you can do is you can go to the Gungan underworld and murder a bunch of Gungans as Obi Wan. Wow, and you can also go into Moss, uh, not Moss Eisley. it was Moss Espa as uh-huh. Qui Gon uh-huh. Jin, and then murder like. A bunch of innocent people is Qui-Gon. I don't think this episode of of of, the, of your podcast was therapeutic enough for you. No. Since it was... you're focusing on murdering people. <laughs> no, it's just it's just so weird. Like, how did the developers allow this in the game? If you wanna see how fucked up this game can get, Look up the cheat codes, go straight to the Maz Espa level. Wow. You can like take a lightsaber to Anakin's face. It's all on YouTube. <laughs> That's
1: funny. So what about, the? You can? are you yeah. in the the space battles at the end,
0: or are you in the ship? No, stuff? it's just all on foot with this horrible overhead view. Eef. Like if you see the pictures on here, oh, okay. it's just like, yeah, it's just like, Oh over, yeah, it's yeah. like an overview. Yeah. And like you can't see too, I keep having to like double jump well, to see you. You know, Star Wars video games are much better now. They are oh, yeah. well, except for the Battlefront series, but uh, I have no problem with the Battlefront. No, no. I don't know. I like the originals were way better because you could actually hop into a ship, like land somewhere and destroy shit, yeah. and then go back in the ship. But this Jedi Fallen Order uh, game coming out. It in should the be fall. cool. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, with with the the guy who played
1: like the Joker and, and Gotham. The Gotham yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's on Shameless too, and he did all the motion capture work for
0: the game too. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's it's pretty a, cool. That's cool. They've come thing. a long way we since PlayStation. Yeah. But we're getting we're getting detracted now. But <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> Which was my fault. I brought it up. But anyways, first comments. Yeah, first comment. of Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace, the game. I'll buy you a copy. No, I'll no. give you this one, yeah, and I'll please. buy myself a new yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's. Uh, you can find it used somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you, David, yeah. so much for coming on. I'm gonna call my therapist after this. <laughs> And then, uh, I want to make a quick announcement, you'll probably agree, officially has a website now, so YPA Reviews, the YPA Council, you'll probably agree, then you can go there, you can see my written material, you can see the uh, YouTube, like all the links to the YouTube uh, channel shows, and the podcast on there as well. So go check it out. Check out uh, David Foley at keepingitreal.com. Right. Yep. Real spelled R-E-E-L. Yeah,
1: Keeping-it-real, dash dash R-E-E-L.com. Yes. Uh, David Foley and my reviews are there. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. And you can see also his coverage of uh, Star Wars Celebration, uh, celebration at uh, rogerebert.com. Yep. All right, but no, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on. Yeah, cheers. Guinness and coffee. Coffee, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I always call this like cold coffee, but yeah. (laughs) So uh, yeah, thank you so much. That was the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. And uh, we'll see you at the 40th. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see you at the 40th anniversary (laughs) or the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. So you'll probably agree.